Welcome everyone. This is Ashley Ellenboss with Sky House Herb School and Apothecary. And today we are, this is our third episode for devotional mysticism and plant teachers. And I'm joined here with my wonderful colleague and friend and teacher, Rukmini Walker. So welcome, Rukmini. Thank you so much. Thank you for this beautiful chance to discuss the autumn season. Yeah, I, I feel like, you know, a lot of what we end up talking about when we are chatting on the phone or sending messages or sharing things, it's always nature. You know, there's always some hook from the natural world that just, you know, uh, we both, it both it excites us so much. <laughs> it's hard to contain. So I feel like this series is just um, an overflowing, you know, it's like the cup. We just, we have, we have such there's so much imagery and symbolism in this, in, in the work of the natural world. And uh, I just love these chances to share and, and chat about them with you here. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you. So if you wouldn't mind, uh, I'd love if you could open our space with some devotional chanting, uh, just to set, set okay. us in the mood for deep reflection. Okay, very good. Let me begin. Namaste Varavani Pracharine Nirvishesha Sunyavadi Vaschatyadeshatarine And I'd like to add one more Sanskrit prayer um, because there's so much suffering in the world right now. And I think this one really reaches out to touch the suffering of all people right now. So I'll say it in English and then I'll say it in Sanskrit. This is by a little child saint from Srimad Bhagavatam or Bhagavat Purana, Prahlad Maharaj. May the entire universe be blessed with peace and good hope. May everyone driven by envy and enmity become pacified and reconciled. May all living beings develop abiding concern for the welfare of others. May our own hearts and minds be filled with purity and serenity. May all these blessings flow naturally from this supreme benediction. May our attention become spontaneously absorbed in the rapture of love unto the transcendent Lord. Now I'd like to say it in Sanskrit. Danyan to Bhutani Shivam Mitodia Manaschapadram Bajatadad Hoksaje Aveshatam no Matirapia Hoy to Kim. Thank you so much. It's beautiful. I never tire of hearing you sing these, these beautiful prayers. Beautiful. Thank you so much. So, you know, we, 
we're in this autumn season now, and um, we want to talk about lessons from autumn leaves. And to me, autumn, the light is so clear and crisp. The air and the light is so clear and crisp like the leaves during autumn season. And, you know, I always like to catch moments of the sun shining through the leaves on the trees, like as though each leaf is electrified by the sunlight in these electric colors of reds and yellows and, and greens and sometimes purples. And, and uh, yeah, it's just so, so beautiful to, to just be out in the, in the clear air and, and um, so crisp, the light and the air, like, like the leaves themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. The imagery, it just, you can't turn from it. It's just, it's just, um, I'm looking out my window and I have maple trees and they just put on such a spectacular show and there is something. And, and I think, you know, one thing that I notice as I get older is the cycles, you know, it's like these seasonal cycles and how many metaphorical teachings they have and that they carry, you know, the leaves, especially, you know, in the spring, we've got these, you know, succulent little baby, these, you know, they start off with this just really dear color. It's just very, very bright and young. And then they start to grow and they gather sunlight and they gather energy so that they can feed these fruits and seeds and flowers and make, you know, make the the children of the next generation. So they go through that part and they, and so the leaves, you know, give that energy to the seeds and the flowers and the fruits. And then, you know, once they all reach maturity, then the leaves start to fade. And there's like that time in the late summer where everything starts to dry out and it's not autumn yet, but mm. you know, you know, that place where it's like, you can just feel the luster yeah, you know, that shininess. It's like, okay, there's a quiet coming. There's you know, there's something I, ha I have to interrupt and say, I was once in Russia. And at that time of year in the Russian language, they have a special name for that time when it's not really autumn yet. And it's not, it's not summer any longer. They call it woman's summer because it's more, <laughs> it's more gentle than the heat of the summer. I had to just mention. Oh, I love that. Isn't that beautiful? And I think yeah. a lot of cultures have, you know, I know in the Chinese, um, in the Chinese calendar, they have a season called late summer. Mm -hmm. So late summer is its own season because there is something, there's a transition place. It's mm -hmm. gentle, you know, it's very gradual. I think sometimes, you know, um, you know, we can have summer can just sort of come on and you're like, oh, it's now summer, but there's this gentleness that happens as the energy fades into autumn and the leaves are the reflection of that. If we watch the quality of the leaves reflects all of that. And, and yeah. And then as the leaves start to fall and they, you know, the, the, the trees give them away. Mm. Not, the, the trees are not, there's no clutching. It's yeah. just, okay. You know, it's, we're letting this, this phase has now passed and there is a new phase coming. Letting and, go, just you know, letting go. Letting yeah. go. And if we, in our, um, you know, our aging process could be so generous with ourselves. <laughs> so, beautiful. so beautiful. You know, um, there's a wedding blessing in India. They say, may you live for a hundred autumns, wow. which I find beautiful and, and gentle as well. But yeah, that idea of 
of letting go so graciously and um and transforming into some something new right yeah and that winter time is such you know maybe we could do a talk on winter but you know the trees in winter that's their gathering time that's their that's when the bears go into the cave to dream mm-hmm. um but you know the the autumn is that is that letting go and it's those later years in life and i was thinking about one of the books that you recommended to me um quite a while ago uh it was uh richard rohr's book called falling upward do you absolutely one of my favorites he talks about how the the second half of life is more important because we've already achieved and achieved and this is the time for really centering and and letting go and finding who finding that centering place of who who am i really i really i love that book yeah yeah he has a quote in there where he says um you know in the second half of life we don't ask you know we we have to turn our our focus to um not what am i here to do, but who am I, um, you know, who am I at my essence? And, you know, the first half of life is so much about doing and achieving, like you said, but that second half is more about being and honoring and, and reflecting. And then like the leaves giving, you know, that dissemination of wisdom, knowledge, care, Mm. um, there's a sort of selflessness in that, in that stage of life that I just, I highly recommend to all of you listeners to read this book. It's and and tell me, can you remind me about Richard Rohr's background? He's a Franciscan priest, and he's worked with um, men in prisons. He's been a a prison chaplain, and he he has a center. The I think it's called Center for um, Peace and Contemplation, something like that, in Albuquerque, New Mexico. So he um, he's worked with men who meet their father. He said for the first time in prison. So he's, um, you know, he's a very, uh, very deep thinker and a, a out of the box Catholic, I would say, yeah. a very beloved um, teacher. But yeah, so yeah, this is a time for, um, for centering. And you know, when you said that about about doing and being, I was thinking of the Bhagavad Gita and how doing is really about passion, passionate work, but being is when we come into the the centering of goodness. To, to be and to exist. So that, um, you know, the autumn, the time of harvest, the fruition of, of all growth, and not only in, in, the, in the plant world, but in our relationships as well, you know, the seeds we've sown, now we reap. And, um, you know, I was thinking of how we gather uh, together the home and hearth and Thanksgiving time and, you know, just really reaping the the beauty and the rewards of those relationships as well mm. in the autumn season you know and to me it's such a time of longing i was remembering that song which i don't know if i could sing it properly but i'll miss you most of all when autumn le- leaves begin to fall mm. you know that just Is that, that Joni mitchell I'm not sure, but I th- I think Nat King Cole, probably Joni Mitchell did it as well. But, um, you know, I think on the bhakti path, we we try to access the what's eternal through what's temporary. And so I think the um, the impermanence of autumn uh, leaves just makes their beauty all the more poignant, you know, and uh, yeah, just the just that letting go of just appreciating and letting it go, appreciating and let it go. 
so beautiful to me. Yeah. And it's, I, I, you know, it's true. I think when, um, when you know, you're going to lose something, Mm. it becomes even more dear, you know? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. I have to mention right now, since you said that, I just for the first time saw one of the most stunning films that I've ever seen in my life. It's called Grief Walker. Um, and I, it's done by the uh, Canadian Film Board. So I would highly recommend any of your, any of our listeners to take a look at that beautiful film about grief and letting go and um, celebrating the sort of the impermanence of this world and in that way accessing something even eternal. Mm, wow. Yeah, I was I was having I went on a walk yesterday with my dogs and I was the leaves were just kind of falling around me and I was thinking about, you know, it's it's so hard to not think about death, I think during this season and letting go. And so I was just thinking about that and and I had this thought I was like, you know what? Death is natural. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And that I, I don't know why it never struck me like that, but I was like, you know, just like thing, you know, everything dies. It's, it seems unnatural when a person dies, like, well, this can't be. But we have a death, we have a death denying culture and other cultures that are closer to the earth and native, many of native American traditions or indigenous traditions from all over the world. They honor um, those transitions and they honor death, death rituals as well. Um, You know, they say that Joy is the gift of love, and uh, grief is the price of love. Mm. But, but these are the twin sides of love. And I think um, this is uh, wholeness. This is maturity. We're talking about really coming to fruition, coming to maturity here. Yeah. So I think, can I share this poem by Emily Bronte? Yes, please. Okay. This is what she's talking about. It's called Fall, Leaves, Fall, Die. Fall, leaves, fall, die, flower away, lengthen night and shorten day. Every leaf sparks bliss to me, fluttering from the autumn tree. I shall smile when wreaths of snow blossom where the rose should grow. I shall sing when night's decay ushers in a drearier day. <laughs> to carry joy like that. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. Through yeah. all the seasons, you know? Yeah. How and we how we, we go to that poignant place when the day is dreary. Like today outside, it's just raining. And I'm looking out my window and, you know, one tree is yellow and the oak tree is still green. And But yeah, just that, what does that dreariness evoke in, in us? It's Mm -hmm. profound, actually, but we tend to push it away. Oh, you know, that just brings me to this poem by Rumi, if I can share that. Okay. Well, let me share this first. There's this idea, this, this term swan song, which is so interesting that the idea that swans are really silent, um, for their lives, for, the, for their lifetimes. But then at, at the time just before they die, I don't know if this is a fact or if it's a an ancient um, belief, or but that before they die, they, they sing this beautiful song before their death. And it reminds me of the 
you know, the vibrant reds and greens and yellows and all the autumn leaves before they fall to the ground. So I was thinking mm -hmm. of that, but, but here's this, this is one of my favorites from Rumi. And um, he says, sorrow prepares you for joy. It violently sweeps everything out of your house so that new joy can find space to enter. It shakes the yellow leaves from the bow of your heart so that fresh green leaves can grow in their place. It pulls up the rotten roots so that new roots hidden beneath have room to grow. Whatever sorrow shakes from your heart, far better things will take their place. Mm. Yeah, it's a, it's, it can be very um, gutting, you know, like they, you know, when, when you hear about the passing or a trauma, how your gut, you just get this, you know, um, it guts you. There's, it's, that's the saying, right? Mm -hmm. um, but then, yeah, I love that image of, well, what's put in its place? Mm, what's growing? What's, what's sort of forcing the old growth out? The new growth is coming and, and, you know, pushing, pushing those yellow leaves out. Yeah. yeah. We have this beautiful poem from Mary Oliver we wanted to share. Should I share that yes. one? Perfect timing. Yes. Okay. We love Mary Oliver. She says, this is called Song for Autumn. Don't you imagine the leaves dream now how comfortable it will be to touch the earth instead of the nothingness of the air and the endless freshets of wind. And don't you think the trees, especially those with mossy hollows, are beginning to look for the birds that will come, six or a dozen, to sleep inside their bodies? And don't you hear the goldenrod whispering goodbye? the everlasting being crowned with the first tuffets of snow. The pond stiffens and the white field over which the fox runs so quickly brings out its long blue shadows. The wind wags its many tails and in the evening, the piled firewood shifts a little, longing to be on its way. Mm. <laughs> I mean, this is like that. I forget the name, the word for this. Um, it, it's like a Swedish word. Is it like, it means cozy. It's like dunk. Um, do you know this word? No. <laughs> there's a, there's a very specific word. I'm sure our listeners will, will, will remind me of it, but it's that they, they have in, um, like Finland and Denmark, like these words that mean it's like a, a certain feeling like dunka or like coziness. And that poem for me is like nature, you know, Mary Oliver's describing how everything cozies up and gets closer to itself. And, and it, it, there's, you know, a, a pleasant experience mm -hmm. for the trees and the birds and the fields and the grasses as they prepare for the winter. And how the, what did she say that the fire... The pile of firewood is, it shifts a little longing to be on its way, longing to be what thrown into the fire, right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it's, it's a season of gathering together um, and within ourselves, nature's bounty before the winter's rest. 
Yeah. And I think it also is a, is a season of, of inspiration too. I mean, as, you know, as much as there is the sadness and the, the longing, um, there's also the, the like fireworks, you know, I think someone, there was a writer that wrote that, um, the autumn leaves are the second spring or like the flowers of the, the second (laughs) flowering of, of nature. So there's also this, this exuberance and, um, Mary Oliver again, uh, comes to us with a poem about she it's called aunt leaf. Um, can I, can I read this one? It's really sweet. Needing one. I invented her the great, great aunt dark as hickory called shining leaf or drifting cloud or beauty of the night. Dear aunt, I'd call into the leaves. She'd rise up like an old log in a pool and whisper in a language that only two of that only the two of us knew, the <laughs> word that meant follow. And we'd travel cheerful as birds out of the dusty town into the trees where she would change us both into something quicker. Two foxes with black feet, two snakes as ribbons, two shimmering fish, and all day we'd travel. At the day's end, she'd leave me at my back door with the rest of my family who were kind, but solid as wood and rarely wandered (laughs) while she old twists of feather and birch bark would walk in circles as wide as the rain and then float back scattering the rags of twilight. (laughs) Beautiful. That really must be, it it begs to become a book. It really does. Yeah. Maybe even a film. It's beautiful. And then the last line, she says, this bone dream, this friend I had to have, this old woman made out of leaves. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that would be a wonderful children's book, I think. (laughs) Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. So, you know, gathering together, equinox, the time is coming, the days are becoming equal. Then the nights become longer until we approach December and time to gather our energies together and direct our energy within yeah. families gathering together again, hearth and home and families. And, and then, you know, what about storing up the excess, right? Like canning and squirrels gathering all their acorns and putting away, putting them away in places they'll never find. Right. <laughs> right. So, yeah, like we, we can be the same way, you know, so yeah. it's beautiful. And that's, I mean, that's kind of like the season of, of Kartik is um, it's a celebration of this time of year, you know, with the lights and could, maybe you could talk a little bit about it because I feel like that's such a, um, some of the imagery there in yeah. Amadar is, um, it just, uh, it just, it conjures up that like, yeah, families together and mischief happening. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. Actually, there's a chapter in the 10th canto of the Srimad Bhagavatam or Bhagavad Purana called Description of Autumn. And it, it's a, a chapter full of so many metaphors. And in, um, yeah, so on the, on the Bhakti path, this month of Kartik, it's called the month, it's called Damodar or Kartik. Kartik is a name for Radharani or this. So it's dedicated really to the sacred feminine and it follows the lunar calendar. So it shifts every year. This year it's from October 9th until November 7th. Um, But it's a a very sacred time of year. Um, It's considered to be a very holy and sacred thing to, to offer a light or a lamp to your favorite form of divinity in the bhakti path. It's always the baby Damodar at this time, because this is the season when he steals the butter 
Um, this is actually, it's said that it, this pastime happened on the Diwali day, which is the Indian New Year. So he's stealing the butter um, from his mother and in, he, give, he gives in charity to his friends, the monkeys, and he's, he's stealing and giving to the monkeys. And then she feels like she has to chastise him. Otherwise he could grow up to be a terrible criminal. So then she, you know, she follows his buttery little baby footprints out the door from where he broke the butter pot. And then she catches him and she decides that she should tie him up to keep him out of further mischief. And, um, and then the story goes on. It's so, so beautiful in Srimad Bhagavatam. But, um, and then there's a song um, about maybe we can play a little clip um, when we offer this podcast, maybe play a clip of my son Gauravani and his beautiful colleague Srivani uh, singing this Dhammadarastakam, it's called. And, um, you know, it's it's a beautiful thing during this season. It said that even people who are not really very serious on the spiritual path, if they do something, um, offer something like a little light or, you know, like the Catholics do in the, in the season of Lent to maybe do a little something extra or maybe not do something that they could live without for a short time, that there's immense spiritual benefit during this Kartik season. And um, yeah, it's also a time of remembering, wait, you know what, I want to read it's a, it's a time of remembering the songs of the gopis. So I thought maybe I could sing one of those. Yeah, um, I want to, yeah, first I want to share some of these metaphors from this chapter, the description of autumn. So let me um, share a little something. During autumn, the moon looks very bright along with the stars in the clear sky. When the sky is clear of all clouds, the stars at night shine very beautifully. In the same way, a person on the path of bhakti or devotion to Krishna or God becomes cleared of clouds in the heart and becomes as beautiful as the stars in the autumn sky. So I love that one. And then um, here's another one. During autumn, the fields become filled with ripened grains. At that time, the people become happy over the harvest and observe various religious ceremonies offering new grains to the to the Lord. And then there's this other one that I find really interesting. It's sort of a social commentary, like a little twist of a knife that says that, listen to this, that in autumn, there's an abundance of food grains, right? But sometimes governments who are unaware of the actions of a supernatural power become unhappy because they're afraid of a competitive price and they restrict the farmers from producing too much grain. Sometimes they actually tell the farmers to throw their, their produce and their grains into the ocean. Mm. How, how greedy, right? Yeah. And then it says, not knowing the fact that all food grains are supplied by the Lord who maintains the creation and provides whatever is required by the living beings, sometimes because of human greed and wars, cause famines because of government intervention and nationalisms not caring for others and the needs of different people in different countries. Isn't that an interesting social commentary? Yeah, it's That's so true today. <laughs> so true, isn't it? Yeah. So during this Kartik season, the prayer of the devotees on the bhakti path is, 
I'm not asking for liberation. I'm not asking for any material benediction. I only want your favor, um, my dear Lord, so that I can always think of you and remember you. And um, please deliver me by that remembrance. So, yeah, this idea of lighting a, a simple lamp or a candle. You know, what we do is we twist a little cotton so that it has a pointy top and then dip it in ghee or in oil and then just offer it. And again, the impermanence, um, but the eternality of that offering is so beautiful. So there's an, if I may, there's another place where the autumn season is mentioned in these, in this songs of the gopis. Um, they're searching for Krishna who's disappeared from them. They're in the forest. He's called them out by his flute song. And he's called them out and then he's disappeared. And so they offer these beautiful prayers. Um, that means I, maybe I'll sing one in the Sanskrit and then I'll say two of them in English. Jayata, should I turn on my tambura, my little handy cellular tambura? That's not working. Okay. Jayata Tedikam Janmana Vraja Shrayata Indira Sasvadhatrahi Dayata Drisyatam Dikshutavakas Tvaidritasavas Vambichinvate So remember, they're looking for Krishna in the forest and they say, Oh, beloved, your birth in the land of Raja or Vrindavan has made it exceedingly glorious, and thus the goddess of fortune always resides here. It is only for your sake that we, your devoted maidservants, maintain our lives. We have been searching everywhere for you, so please show yourself to us. And then I was interested in the second one because it actually mentions the season of autumn. Is there time for me to do the Sanskrit? Yes. Do yeah. Okay, okay. So the Sharat season is the autumn season. So it starts with that word Sharadu Dasaye Sadu Jata Sat Sarasi Jodara Shri Mushadrisha Saratanata Te Sukadasika Varadanitnato so they're speaking in a very feisty way to Krishna. They're angry at him for leaving them. And they say, oh, Lord of love, in beauty, your glance excels the world of the finest, most perfectly formed lotus within the autumn pond. Oh, bestower of benedictions. Here they get really feisty, they say. You are killing the maidservants who have given themselves to you freely without any price. Isn't this murder? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So and, I, <laughs> and I love that image of the autumn pond. You know, this isn't the spring pond. It's the yeah. autumn. It's that heavier, you know, it's, it's a more serious tone, you know, and they, you know, they're, they're being joking with him. Like, you know, you slay me with your beauty, but they're also, <laughs> no, they're, you know, there's also, there's uh yeah, I'm sure it's no mistake that it was brought that that image of the autumn pond was brought into 
Yeah. And, you know, I don't know if this is the way it is in the West. You can correct me. Maybe you know better than I do. But in India, the autumn season is the time when lust is in, in, incited in people's hearts and and the women and the, the the animals become pregnant in the autumn season and then and then in the spring the babies are born so um you know this is the time of krishna's rasa dance with the gopis the most beautiful moon moon of the year yeah. the autumnal moon which is you know, so yellow and sometimes even orange, yeah. right? The most stunning moon of the year is in this autumn season. And it's said to um, excite desire in mm -hmm. the hearts of all beings. Yeah. So. Well, I know, I know I can speak for this in the West as a gardener and herbalist, that this is the time when you plant bulbs and when you plant trees, you know, if you want to plant um, bushes or trees or anything with roots, the autumn, you do that in the autumn because it's wet and then everything will start to get heavy and then it will go to sleep and build its strength and then grow in the spring or, um, you know, daffodils, tulips, any of your bulb plants, uh, garlic, onions, all of those are to be, you know, those are supposed to be sown into the earth in the fall um, mm. because of that ripening, you know, it's, it's the most fertile time for planting roots. And, right. uh, and so well, what does that yeah. mean for going deep, right? Roots for going deep. So it's the time for going deep into ourselves. And then, you know, when, when we come into winter, I almost feel like we're meant to be hibernating in the winter. Like you said, bears go in the caves to dream, right? Mm. I almost feel like our modern society is so out of whack with nature because we really should also be going into a cave to hibernate. But after we've put down these deep roots of our deepest intentions, yeah, season, which then bear, bear, you know, come to come to life in the spring. So yeah, and so I'm having this image of like you know, this time of year, our practices could be, you know, we, we feed and nourish our spiritual bodies by prayer and offering the candles and offering, you know, offering ourselves and, and our possessions. And, and then there's the physical of eating soups and hearty root vegetables that nourish and build our immune systems and eating mushrooms, you know, uh, wild mushrooms are, this is a great time for foraging and, and um, eating mushrooms and astragalus roots, all these root uh, herbs too, that fortify our immune system for the deep winter. Um, you know, taking a little bit more time to cover our bodies and oils as an Ayurvedic practice, yes. body oiling. Um, yeah. And then just, uh, you know, savoring, you know, I think savoring um, the relationships, like you said, that we do have the family gatherings, you know, can, can we really get the most out of the autumn by using these lessons from nature, from poets, um, from these spiritual traditions so that we can enter into the most challenging part of the year, which is the winter. Yes. And, you know, it, it's so beautiful when we think of the colors, like the colors of those root vegetables and the colors of those nourishing soups. And, you know, I think of delicious minestrone soup and, you know, with the chickpeas and the kidney beans and all of those beautiful autumn colors. And then coming to the point of to the time of Thanksgiving, which is what? It's when the native people, the indigenous people, you know, helped those English settlers or maybe Spaniards as well 
to live through the winter. They taught them what they could eat because they were in a, in a new on a new continent and they were so gracious. Okay, we'll show you. We'll show you what you can eat to live through the winter here. Mm. So beautiful. The yeah. colors and the textures and the forms and the I think really it's all about gratitude because you know it's it's looking back um and with gratitude for the harvest. Yeah. All the bounty that can help us live through the you know the rest of the year. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Rukmini. This has been, as always, such a uh, enriching. This this conversation was like a big bowl of minestrone soup. <laughs> so I'm going to take that with me. And, and I have and a beautiful cookbook um, called Heaven's Bounty. I think that's what it's called. Heaven's Heaven's Banquet, I think is what it's called. And she says in that book that when, when you make minestrone soup, don't bother make, making anything else for dinner because no one will eat anything else anyway. It's <laughs> brilliant. Yeah, yeah. So this is the time to nourish ourselves and to you know nourish all the parts, all parts of ourselves and to give, I love that, that gratitude too, just giving thanks for what we have and, and, the, and, and the seeds that have, been sown and are now on our plates you know it's it's quite quite an amazing time of year so and, and also giving thanks for unknown blessings that are on their way that we might not even know about or see or have any cognizance of but giving gratitude for those unknown blessings that are on their way thanksgiving is mm -hmm. is the um ultimate and you know, just in closing, I would just like to say for everyone who's listening and for you, Ashley, may you live for a hundred autumns. Mm. <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs> you as well. And yeah, and I'd love for, you know, one thing that both Rukmi and I love is your comments. So please leave some comments for us. Let us know, um, as Rukmi always likes to say, like, what spoke to you? you know, like what stood <laughs> out? What inspired you from these different musings and sharings? And, you know, what's something that you might take away? What's something that you might hold on to or teach someone? Yes. Uh, and and leave us those comments so that we can also revel in in the dialogue. <laughs> um, as how well. we, this is how we build community, right? That's when right. we hear and something nourishes our hearts and then we can share it and it reverberates through all of creation. Oh. <laughs> well, thank you again. And thank you to all of our listeners. And we will continue these conversations of devotional mysticism and plant teachers. Um, we will pick it up again next month. So stay tuned. Uh, we will have another rich morsel for us to uncover and unpack <laughs> together. So till we see you then, take good care. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Shoda Bhiyo